Hi, and welcome to episode 243 of No Crying in Baseball, the more drama than a miniseries episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth again. Yay! Hi, Potty Mouth! Hey, it is so cool to be in the same room again. I am so glad that you're feeling better. A lot of our friends and and listeners were concerned about you over this week. Oh, that's very sweet. Thanks, everybody. I feel miraculously better. I still felt crappy like up until two days ago, and then all of a sudden... Like a, a switch flipped, and I feel just fine. Yep, I had I had the plague, everybody. I had the plague, so I hadn't yet gotten my second booster. Get your second booster. And a big thank you to our West Coast correspondent, Deborah, for filling in at the last minute when we realized, boy, would it, A, it'd be stupid for us to be in the same room, and B, I don't know that I can stay awake long enough to record, because boy, did I hit some fatigue walls. Yuck. But Deborah, you did great. Thank you so much. Yeah, I totally appreciate that. And yeah, you were sounding kind of kind of out of it in our little bit of correspondence before oh, for sure. episode day. For sure. I'm feeling weird because I haven't seen baseball in a long time at this point. We've been really good about going on games and you didn't get to, did you? I fell off this weekend. I did do some cross training with watching the Celtics in the championship, which, which hey, Deborah, um, congrats. Right now we're, we're recording on Sunday. So maybe I hope that's not premature. Congratulations, because there is a game tonight. But the series is tied up two to two. Mr. Pottymouth and I stayed up until the bitter end on Friday, but we are old people. We had like this great plan. We found a, a Boston sports bar in DC called Is it Dirty Water. It's called I heard Dirty about that yesterday, and Water. I thought I, I bet they know about this already. We were gonna go there. It looks very cool. They had outside seating. They have lots of screens, and then there was something about a young people's bar, and we're like, Pshaw, we could do that. And then. Friday night came, <laughs> and it was kind of like, this game starts at 9. If we go into 8th Street and watch the game, it's oh going to be God. really late coming home. And so we just watched it on the big screen here with our own beer. Is that when you realize that the young people are actually our adult children? Right. Those are the young people. We are not the young people. Yeah. yeah. Much as we like to hang with them, we are not them. Yeah. They, we are not, they, we're, we're not, we're old. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. what I'm getting to is we are old. Hey, um... I went to a, a Nats game last minute yesterday. My my friend and neighbor said, hey, I have extra tickets. You want to go? My treat. And I thought, nice. Well, first, first I did it on Thursday. I was like, oh, I was still tired on Thursday. I can't, I can't, I can't. And then she told me why. And maybe this was part of my miraculous recovery is she got her husband wrote in to the Nats in one of their contests. And she got picked as an unsung hero because she's a special ed teacher and also coaches And she got to do the thing that is on my freaking bucket list for a major league ball game, which is the stand on the dugout and say, play ball. So now I know who this is. Oh, my God. I have got to get in touch with her. Do you have video of that? Yes. So um, so uh, potty mouth, junior potty mouth. Oh, I'm doing it wrong. uh, Came with and. I, I put him in charge of the, the video recording because, you know, again, with the young people knowing how to use that newfangled technology. Right. So hopefully that'll get sent around. But it was so fun and so exciting. And she got no swag at all. But boy, she did the best play ball I've ever seen. And and, oh. and those of you who have gone to Nats games with me know that I'm weirdly hypercritical about people's play ball <laughs> delivery. Yeah. Like, you know, act like you mean it. And boy, did she ever. And it was so fun. I was like, we know her. That's so excited. So cool. It was it was a thrill. And I was actually happy that I not only made it all the way through the game, um, but I I jumped up and down a little bit and I um I, I made it all the way home before I needed a nap. That's which really good. Surprised me. So yay for that. Recovery. Recovery. 
On today's show, our boyfriend report includes QHAR, a lot of home runs, and a new tool. Our pride report includes the corrections department and a governor who needs correcting. Our police blotter contains a disturbing number of anti-trans bills regarding student athletes and drama in the Angelos family. Can't wait to hear this. And I just did my usual video of Patty with uh, the rundown holding what we're now drinking is a way too old and way too flat beer. So I'm hoping you can power through yours because we have our backup woohoo here. Okay, just for the record, I have to go from here to a Thunderbolts game where I'm working the (laughs) scoreboard. So powering through beer might not be my thing. So you should feel free to start that woohoo without me and I'll get there because I think I may have to keep my wits about me. At least a little bit. Well, I'll get the woo. You get the who. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. Um, So more about the Nats game that I went to yesterday against the Brewers. It was a boyfriend home run extravaganza. So we played the Brewers and the first batter was my a formerly once and forever boyfriend, Christian Yelich, who I, <laughs> I still love deeply. And he, of course, homered immediately off of Patrick Corbin. I thought, I love him. I'm glad he homered. I hope this doesn't, you know, curse the game. And it didn't. It was, you know, it was it was the only run that they had for a very long time. And then shortly after that, there was a um, there were three Nats who had homers in a row and they were all boyfriends. Juan Soto, Nelson Cruz and Josh Bell. Boom, boom, boom. Back to back to back home runs. So our boyfriends had a great time. Wow. So the first one's my forever one. And then mm-hmm. the second one, second two are both yours. And nice guys. I and mean, nice guys. And Bell, nice guys. And I got to talk about what a nice guy Nelson Cruz was to the people that I was sitting with because they didn't necessarily know his history of philanthropy and all of that. So mm. once again, I inserted my wealth of baseball <laughs> adjacent knowledge on people who didn't ask for it. That's good. It's, it's what I do. It's a good practice. Um, also, because the Nats were winning handily, we didn't have to see Josh Hader. That's so good. Which makes me happy. And I need to apologize for a friend of the show, Riley Adams, because when Potty Mouth goes to a game without me, Riley homers. When I go to a game without Potty Mouth, he doesn't do as well at the plate. Oh, no. We've got to learn a lesson here. Well, I, we've we got to try to do more games together and see Maybe if we can it. power Maybe him up with it. that. Yep. I don't know. So I wish that I could get Fantasy Baseball Boyfriend points for QHAR. So if anybody's just joining us for the first time, our Fantasy Baseball Boyfriend dudes are the guys that we talk about in the off season. We each talk about one guy per team. And it's because there's something super cool, like what Patty's just saying about Nelson Cruz, and that's why she she picked him. So uh, what we do, though, because at the end of the season we need to play fantasy baseball, is we make our cuts, and then we pick a flock of pitchers. And so the pitchers don't get discussed quite as in-depth as our regular picks, and there's been just some some stress with injuries, a lot of stress with injuries. And I'm going to blame my uh, failure in our current fantasy league, which we'll discuss later, on my stress with Giants pitchers. But if only we could get points for quality hair above replacement trademark Ollie, Camilo Duvall. We were watching the, the Giants game last night to sort of spend time before the Red Sox came on against the Mariners. <laughs> And we we popped in at an incredibly tense moment. So Duvall was brought in in the eighth with one out and two guys on, and then he walks a batter. So it's bases loaded, one out. And I'm watching the hair. He's just got great the hair. hair. He's got like the... Does the hair tip the pitches or... Um... Me? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But somehow he then just locked down and then he struck out the next two. 
And that happened to be both baseball boyfriends of mine, Gavin Lux and Mookie Betts. And with Mookie Betts, I mean, not, I mean, striking out Lux and Betts is pretty amazing to begin with. But Betts, he started on a 3-0 count. Oh, wow. And then That's worked it to a strikeout. So I was totally celebrating the Hugh Har influence on Duvall, and I hope that that hangs in there. And then the Dodgers um, late, late, got, late inning guy came up, Craig Kimbrell, who, I, of course, I remember from his Red Sox days, well-known as Cubs days. And nowadays, he has apparently long hair, so I'm not quite sure about his Hugh Har because it was in a bun, but in the back of his neck. Isn't a man bun, like, up top? Like, does that I think count a man as a- bun is any bun worn by a man. Okay. So Kimbrell has a man bun. I'm not sure where man buns fall in for Qhar. I'm I, unclear. I am usually anti. Yeah. I'm usually anti. Anti. But you don't bun. see them a lot on ballplayers because they won't fit under the cap. So right. the low one is the only way you could get away with one. Unless he gets one of Meredith's wonderful caps with the little, little off the ponytail. Yeah. yeah. Then mm-hmm. they, they should start making those. Absolutely. <laughs> so just a little Qhar side note, Q, Q facial hair side note. The, the Red Sox have been improving. They, last night was a tough game, but, you know, they're still down by like 12 games. But I'm the eternal optimist. And their improvement directly correlates with when Alex Cora shaved his beard. So he's staying clean shaven. And this is another like, you know, who knows, cause and effect. That's right. You, 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 if, if it's even a possibility that what you're doing is contributing to either a rut or a streak act ap- act accordingly for yes. sure yep yep all right here we go oh woohoo woohoo and woohoo <laughs> for sure because it's it's the woohoo beer which makes me very, very happy. Hey, so um, there was no Adley Watch last week because there was no Patty last week. Um, and that's okay because <laughs> last week... Sorry about that. No, no, it's okay because Adley's having a really slow start at the plate. And a lot of people who thought he was going to be like miraculous immediately were starting to get itchy about things. And we're like, no, no, give him a minute, give him a minute. Right. Well, yesterday, Saturday, changed it all. Now everyone's like, oh yeah, of course. We had confidence in him all the time. <laughs> it's finally happening, people. Adley um, had the first three-hit game of his career. He had the first multi-extra base hit game of his career. Um, the O's are playing in Kansas City, and three of the six hardest hit balls in that game were Adley Rutschman hits. Yay. Three out of six. And um, his 110-mile-per-hour single, it was the hardest hit ball of his career. So welcome back, Adley Rutschman, to the plate. We loved you defensively all this time, and now your bat is um, making everybody else gain, regain their confidence. So woo and who, if we can quote a beer. Yay. All right, I'll drink to that. I'll absolutely drink to that. Um, I, I've been known to be critical of the New York Yankees once in a while. Never heard in it. In many ways. Don't know what you're talking about. Gotta tip my hat to them because holy shit are they doing well. Yeah, they are. Their percentage right now is 729. That's insane. That is, that is that's insane. That's a win percentage? That's their win percentage. 43 wins and 16 losses. So, you know, the Red Sox are above 500, which is impressive, 517 which I think in either of the other parts of the AL, they would actually be in second. But no, the AL East is a rough place to be, and they're in fourth. And the Yankees are just, they're raking. I mean, I'm, I'm a little nervous. We'll see what happens. It's a long season. We haven't gotten to the All-Star game yet. I had a momentary like flash of a little bit of gloating when Garrett Cole, their supposed ace. I've heard of him. Yeah, so I think this, shit, I didn't write down the day. I'm pretty sure it was Friday night. He gave up home runs to the first three batters in a row. I hate to be Garrett Cole. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, and, and the twins. And 
All three batters were NCIB baseball boyfriends. So the first guy, Luis Araez, who's who's doing amazing. He is actually leading MLB in batting average right now. And who would have predicted that? Um, Byron Buxton, your dude from t- way back from 2018. Picked and Carlos- him too early. I picked him way too early. There we go. And Carlos Correa, who I wouldn't be able to pick now, but I did pick in 2019 when he was with the Astros. So Cole gives up three home runs. And then... He gave up two more during his outing. So this is the first time in his career that he's given up over three home runs in an outing. And then bullpen bails him out. So he made it a little over two innings, if I'm doing the math right, because the bullpen went on to do six and two-thirds scoreless innings. And the bats did. The Yankees' bats came back. And so the Yankees ended up winning seven to three. Wait, the... They had been losing at one point, seven to three with the twins up, and they won 10 to seven. So a comeback, just not that I wanted to see. And they're the second team in history to win after giving up home runs to the first three batters. And I was thinking, how many teams have have given up home runs to the first three batters, period? And it turns out that there are five others that did end up losing. So only, I guess, that's seven times in history that a team has given up three home runs back-to-back-to-back to to start the game. Two wins, five losses. So, yeah, power to you Yankees fans. Wow. Well, um, I have have beef with the Marlins. Um, Here's my beef. So my my current Marlins boyfriend, Jazz Chisholm, is... We love. He's such a good guy. He's I love his so style. much fun, right? He's got style, right? He's exciting. He is just fun to watch. He clearly loves to play the damn game. Well, apparently there are some of his teammates who want him to play, you know, the right way, as as they oh. say. So Don Manningly called the team meeting and said, hey, we don't talk about each other behind each other's backs. If you have anything to say, you say it here in this group. How about that? And some people did have some things to say to Jazz about him his enthusiasm you know pimping a home run or having a great time or being the kind of player that kids like to watch and attract them to the game right mm. um so one of them uh, later said well he's kind of a lightning rod like dennis rodman like you either love that or you hate that mm-hmm. i don't know i'm just saying god bless kim ang the you know the general manager of the marlins because you know the you know the, the press was asking her what happened in there Tell us what happened. Yeah. And she's like, no, right. it was a team meeting. It's private. But she, and then they said, okay, well, 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 can you explain his act, his antics, his actions? And she said, yeah, he's good. <laughs> so God bless good her. For her. Let the kids play, right? Yeah. And um, leaving that pregame team meeting, Jazz went out and hit two home runs all in right. that game. So that was all right. And then after the game, he was interviewed. And you know how they say there's a you're a five tool player or whatever. Mm-hmm. He said, I have a tool that's called. I don't care. <laughs> I just go out there and have fun. Good. So I'm all about that extra tool, that I don't care tool. Thank you, Jazz. Um, in the uh, the vein of just plain being good at baseball, my um, current forever boyfriend, Jake Cronenworth, had oh. a hell of a week. On Wednesday alone versus the Mets, he had a five RBI game, a three hit game, five RBI, three hits. And over the last seven, seven days alone, he had 14 runs batted in, 
scored eight runs and had eight hits. So this is a good week in the world of my um, forever boyfriend. That's that's a good choice to keep him as your forever boyfriend. I remember I was a little bit confused. So I, th- I think I missed that in our explanation. Anybody who's trying to follow along, oh, yeah. we get to ke- keep one guy, just one guy from one season to the next. So it's got to be somebody super uber special. And you picked Jake Cronenworth. You know, I don't think anybody would have bet on that, but looks yeah, like it I mean, was a good I, one. I ditched Christian Yelich, who I really, really like, and mm-hmm. as, you know, see my first note above. Very happy to see him hit a home run because I do really like him. And I thought, you know what, I'm going with Jake. I'm going with Jake. Nice work. Um, so last week, uh, Potty Mouth and Deborah kind of gave an overview of upcoming Pride events, and Woo-hoo. we have we have more to say about these things. One is, um, y'all noted that the Giants and Dodgers had this like historic thing which actually happened yesterday where both teams wore their their pride logo hats on the field you know when they played each mm-hmm. other which was really cool um and again i'm gonna say nice things about uh about gabe kapler because you know this is uh, weird i know yeah but he pointed he said he had conversations with the giants players and staff about the uniforms and said that he expected full participation for the team going into sunday and here's why he said that he said it's not enough to kind of reluctantly accept any community it's really important that everybody feels wanted and appreciated and that is absolutely true for the lgbtq plus community we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that that feeling of being welcome is really evident in our ballpark wow and that's pretty strong and pretty good and i'm happy to see that that message of strength and inclusion and not just okay check this one off our right. list it's june now we wear rainbows you know it's like it's, no it's a real thing and um a side note that made me really happy that i didn't know ahead of time was jeopardy amy throughout the first pitch and we're, we're big fans of jeopardy amy <laughs> very cool so I need to go into the corrections department. Uh, thanks. I think Junior Potty Mouth is the one who caught me on this. But actually, a couple of people wrote in because the the news that we s- talked about last week concerning the Rays' decision to have the, the emblem, the Progress Pride, so not just the rainbow, but also the trans flag as well, and brown and black stripes, um, I was complimenting them. And I did mention that they were allowing players to choose whether to wear it or not. What I didn't know at that time was that five players were choosing not to, and I didn't know why they or or what their their statements were on it. But now we do, so now we get to do a little bit of a of a correction. I've got to say that it, it was almost a cool team intent, except for that individual choice thing. <laughs> so it's good that the team as a whole was trying to promote this, but. Can I jump in for one yeah. second about that? Because one of the things that came up in several um, groups that we have conversations mm-hmm. with is, do they let people opt out of wearing camo? Right. Or, you know, anything that they do that is, you know, honoring some community or some mm-hmm. holiday or whatever, do are opt-outs a choice in those? And also, should they be? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a complicated conversation, but this is the only one we're aware of, and that's icky. Yeah. Yeah, I guess also on the bright side, though, is that only out of these names, there was only one that I I recognized. And hopefully this means that at least their starting lineup and their starting rotation is solid because these are five bullpen dudes. Names are Jeffrey Springs, Ryan Thompson, Brooks Raleigh, and Jalen Beeks. And Jason Adams was the one who was quoted in the article that I read. And he said a lot of stuff. And, And it was all pretty much saying no hard feelings, but it's a religious thing for us. And the quote that I that I copied down here is, it's just that maybe we don't want to encourage it if we believe in Jesus, who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior. 
And that word behavior is definitely one of those dog whistle things. And lifestyle is another dog whistle thing. This, these are people's identities. These are who people are. And that's not, I mean, a lot of people are saying that's not what Jesus said. Right, exactly. I was going to say that. That's, that's the other word that, that's kind of a trigger for me. It's like, wow, you're really pretty specific and narrow in what you believe was said by Jesus, who you apparently wholeheartedly believe in very selectively. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Depending on where you're going to go with that. The president of the Rays, Matt Silverman, uh, tried to walk it back a little bit, and he said he was proud that so many players chose to wear the logo, and that's a good point. But I'm really wondering how they dealt with it in the bullpen amongst the players, because amongst the other bullpen, bullpen players, the ones who disagreed with them, I mean, first of all, who knows how many gay players are on a team? Right. There are some on every team. That's just the way that percentages go. And they're Look clearly, the math. how about that? <laughs> clearly closeted. And how is somebody who's already a closeted player going to feel when their teammates are talking out like this? And that's not to include other players, plenty, who have gay people in their family. This is a huge, uh, I don't know, I think it's a huge issue that the that the management needs to deal with a little bit more than saying, I'm happy some guys made the right choice. One thing we didn't realize last week, or at least I didn't when we were talking about it, is that the aforementioned teams, the Rays, Giants, and the Dodgers, are the only teams that actually put the logos on their uniforms like this, especially with the, the Progress Pride flag. So there's something. The Rays are admirable. You know, surprisingly for me, as I said last week, for a team coming out of Florida, they were the first professional sports team and one of only three in total, including the San Francisco Giants, not a, not a surprise, and the New England Patriots, a little bit of a surprise there, to sign onto an amicus brief to the Supreme Court supporting same-sex marriage. Also, a, another important statement by the, by the team that we, we referred to last week, and I kind of flubbed up on the name, is that after the Pulse nightclub shooting, they also raised $300,000 for the victims. So just, those are just a couple of examples of the raise going beyond like what you were saying before. It's not just the month of pride. It's not just the night that you're wearing the logo on the uniform. You've got to be consistent on supporting this issue. And the last thing, sort of unrelated, but maybe not, is that the governor of Florida is now not, well, the way the news is coming out is that he is not happy with the raise, and he's blocking state funding for a new sports training and youth tournament complex that I guess was also related to a training facility for raise. Like, nope. not at all? Not at all. Wow. Because it was, like, presented that way. Like, this is his reaction mm -hmm. to the raise tweeting against the... the Against the shooting in, in Ivaldi, which, of course, everybody should be against, but the idea of gun control. But they didn't even say that. Their quotation or their, their tweet said, this cannot be normal. We cannot become numb. We cannot look the other way. We all know if nothing changes, nothing changes. So there's nothing in there that says gun control. But there was this action of DeSantis which is interpreted as being a result of that. But what did it? No, what it, did he actually do? It is flat out a result of that, but he has everything wrong. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. So... In the proposed budget, there was $35 million for this youth sports complex okay. in Odessa, which is in Pasco County. And Pasco County officials separately, not in the budget, said, hey, maybe the Rays will want to use this as a spring training oh. facility. There was nothing in the budget and there was no official statement by the Rays. There was no agreement that this was going to happen. This is a youth sports wow. facility that the freaking governor cut from the budget. And his reasons 
are based on it being a race thing, which it's not. Right. He said he, he says oh, I'm uniformly against public funding for professional sports facilities. This isn't one. It's a youth sports complex. He says, clearly it's inappropriate to be doing tax huh. dollars for professional sports stadiums. Right. It's also inappropriate to subsidize political <laughs> activism oh. of a private corporation. Either way, it's not appropriate. Well, Pasco County is not a private corporation. They did no political action, and their, their kids are the ones getting punished. Wow. He, the guest governor, DeSantis, is pushing for a concealed carry with no permit law that's in the state of florida so he also noted raised support of a gun control organization because they donated money to every town for gun control i think right okay um as factoring into his decision about cutting a youth sports complex that has nothing to do with the raise at this point he screwed up big Oh, boy. Big. I hope he gets called on the carpet for this because these are kids. This is like a, you know, a county, yeah. like a public, you know, our kids in the county are going to come and, you know, hit the balls around and shoot that the hoops and do all these things and play soccer. And it, now they can't because of, um, you know, a, a misinterpreted whatever. The, the governor is just wrong. He's just wrong. As if my opinion of him could get any lower. Right. Right. Um, hey, so last week um, I, they, we talked about we. I say we. And sure, it, you're it, always it's the royal with us. we. Yeah. Um, talked about um, uh, Girardi getting fired. Well, Joe Madden got fired earlier this week, and now there's a lot of questions on uh, the Angels uh, manager of whether Tony Larusa is going to be next because. Um, mm. All right, so first he had that weird intentional walk of Trey Turner in front of Max freaking Muncie. Why I thought that was a good idea. I mean, I know I'm not a manager, but still. So, of course, that backfired. Right. And then, um, so during their loss to the Rangers a few days ago, the um, the the dedicated White Sox fans started yelling, fire Tony, fire Tony. And this is one thing I do appreciate about Tony LaRusso. There's only one. <laughs> and here's it. That's a big statement. He, he said... Okay, so first he said, well, I appreciate that they want us to win. Like, he's, like, spinning it that way. But the All thing right. that I, I do appreciate is he says, I've never dodged accountability, and I won't start now. So he does take responsibility okay. for his actions, which is a plus in the Patty column. Pretty much everything else he does is a minus. But anyway, um, yeah, so I don't know if this is going to go anywhere, but a lot of people who um, are kind of, like, hair trigger on things are like, get rid of him. I mean, we've been – don't hire him to begin with. Right. So, like, that, that ship has totally sailed. Um, in other Angels news, see, you know, uh, Joe Madden above, um, they released their City Connect jerseys, which are pretty okay. They're pretty okay. They're, like, a beach-themed they're, thing. Okay. Okay. They're okay. Um, they're, um, yeah – they're 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 pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but the fun thing that happened there is their first baseman Jared Walsh just hit yes. for the cycle on Saturday and he um the last time that happened for the Angels was was Shohei Otani in 2019 and then Mike Trout who I may or may not be better than um uh, in 2013. <laughs> but my favorite parts of this is when they asked him if he'd ever hit for the cycle before he said not not even in a video game. <laughs> and the team the team had a disco party with strobe lights for him after the game to celebrate his cycle. And yay, Angels, for that. That's so cool. And I wish I were quick on the, the research here. I think he's a Q-hard dude. I'm pretty oh, sure. He? I'm pretty sure he's he's the one with the beard and the hair. I got to look that up because I was, I've was i been trying to take notes for next year since uh-huh. I've done some, so shitty with my baseball boyfriends this year. So that it, there's two angels that I'm that I was looking at, and I was thinking, huh, he's got the plus okay. on the keyboard. All right, all right. I don't know. You got time. 
All right, I'm going to go uh, start the police blotter. And so this is shit that we think we need a siren for and somebody's got to get pulled over. <laughs> I talk about corrections department. So last week I spouted a bit about a bill in Ohio that was going to challenge trans youth trying to play sports in school. And I don't know what happened. This week I saw uh, the headline about the Louisiana law that I'm going to explain in just a moment. And I thought, you know, I, I should look into this a little bit. So I started doing a little bit of research. And I feel, I just feel sick. And it's Pride Month. And I feel like there's a lot that we need to celebrate this month. But we also need to draw people's attention to activism. And people, get out there. Because number one, this is a non-issue. It's a non-issue. There is no evidence of trans kids taking over sports anywhere. So why is and this happening? And what if they were? Right. 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 That's that's the other part of it is, you know, what if they were? Yeah, yeah. it's a bit. None of this yeah. needs to be happening right now. So I found out that before and the, the sickening part of this, too. Well, I don't know. One of the really gross There's parts so is, is how much the speed is increasing. So prior to 2022, that's this year, right? That's this year. There Good were work. eight laws passed in Idaho, Montana, Texas, Arkansas, that's Missouri, right? Yes, Missouri, Alabama, Florida, and West Virginia. So eight states had anti-youth trans in sports laws, which seems like a lot. Others actually passed, not proposed, but actually passed into into laws. Jesus. Passed. In 2022, nine more states passed past laws. Arizona, Utah, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Iowa, Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, and South Carolina. You might see a a little bit of a pattern here with red states. Louisiana just passed a law and the Democratic governor that everybody had hope in did not stop it. That is state number 18. These laws, I, I got ill looking at the details on all of them, but the the majority focus on on girls on trans girls so there's this big fear there so the the here's where y'all come in now there are 18 more states so right we're already at 18 states with laws which is disgusting 18 states plus dc have current bills Alaska, Wyoming, Washington, Kansas, Missouri, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Georgia, North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, D.C., Delaware, Rhode Island, New Hampshire. If you live in any of those places, start contacting your state representatives now. A lot of these bills also have riders allowing families to sue if they feel that their child was unfairly harmed by somebody else getting that spot on the sports team. Yep. And unfairly harmed is absolutely just that. It's like, right. oh, no, my, my kid is really good. But but this kid who should be playing on the boys team right. is competing against her. And therefore, she doesn't get this spot. It's like, mm, yeah, ma'am, sir. No. Right. And like we said last week, there are some kids who are taller than others who do better in basketball. Or there are some kids who are heavier than others who might do better in wrestling or football. And then there's like the short dynamo, like, you know, the Dustin Pedroia or whatever, who's going to just push through anyway. And it doesn't have to do with your gender identity. And if they're so concerned about girls' sports, where's the money for girls' sports? 
Why aren't there more paths for girls to be continuing sports in college, like playing baseball in college? Where's the concern about equal pay for women? Where's the concern for health care for women or letting women control their own bodies in any way? This is not about women's rights. This is not about supporting women. Not at all. Not at all. So I think um, we are, we're going to have some links for where you can get more information about these bills that are happening yeah. probably in your state. Yeah. Where, so you can take some action because this is horrifying. It needs to stop. It's just it's just people creating panic or no panic should exist. Yeah. Not at all. Um, I'm going to go to a drama that's not harmful to our children. It's just <laughs> that's good. Kind that's of good fun to watch in a I can't look away from this train wreck. So the Orioles are owned by um, Peter Angelos, who is 93 and um, has a lot of health issues. Is he really 93? He's really 93. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that's not a joke. He has Holy he shit. has health issues and he's um, not active with the team. And so in 2017, when these health issues started, he set up a trust for his two sons, Lewis and John and his wife, Georgia, to have them, you know, manage the estate, including the team, right? So here's where it gets weird and icky and made for TV. <laughs> Lou, Lou is suing John and their mother, Georgia. So John and Georgia are the defendants here, saying that John is taking over the team against his father's wishes and doing so by manipulating their 80-year-old mother. The huh. lawsuit says oh, wow. he has prayed, this is a quote, prayed upon her fear of abandonment, exploding into tantrums and threatening to leave and move out of state if he did not get his way. Um, said that John concealed and misrepresented the facts, feeding his mother a steady diet of half-truths and prevarications. Right. So John apparently has made threats to move the team to Tennessee. What? Where he lives. Don't panic. It's not going to happen. Okay, thank you. It's not going to happen, but this is a threat that he's using. He's like scooping up control by like controlling the flow of information. And it's bad. And like I started reading, I'm like, oh, you know, Lou just has, you know, bad feelings. And I'm like, no, I think Lou's got a point here because I could totally see this happening, right? MLB is not going to move the team out of Baltimore because Baltimore is a good sports town when the, thank you that right it's got the the jewel you know ballpark number one it's beautiful it's beautiful but also it's got diehard fans and frankly yeah. when the team is good they show up it's not like say let's name check tampa again where you can win a world series and still not get people in your stadium right right so mlb is not it's interesting because i think nashville somewhere in tennessee is one of the places where mlb looks at periodically for an expansion team Right. So not necessarily okay. moving in team, but maybe an expansion team. So that's why it got a little bit um, nerve wracking for some. But the, the joke was that MLB would probably prefer to keep the team in Baltimore and just lose the Angelos family. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, hey, if you live in the Baltimore area and you have a lot of money, please put in a bid so we can keep that um, that 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 team going and get rid of the Angelos and their Angelos and their drama. Because, oh, my God, this is this is the kind of thing that you'd want to watch on TV, but you'd, you'd, you'd watch it and say, this can't be yeah. real. But it's real, folks. Yeah, and, and you had me there. I was like, oh, if you live in Baltimore area, we're kind of close, but they have a lot of money. And we were already trying to get a collective together to buy the Nats. So now we've got double the work to do. Yeah, hey, so there's there's a rumor that um, that the owner of the uh, – so Ted 
how do you say his last name? Leona, Leonosis? Uh, anyway, Monumental Sports, who owns the Capitals and the Mystics and the Wizards, is interested in the Nats, oh. which would make 100% of Nats fans happy because he does a great job with his other teams, and he would just have a monopoly, but a good right. time on, on Washington, D.C. sports. So let him do that. Okay. That frees us up to raise a lot of capital that we have no way of getting in order right. to get rest the, the Orioles away from the Angelos family. Right. We'll, we'll let you know how to contact us in the near future so that you can pitch in if you would like. But first, how about them collegiate summer teams? I love collegiate summer teams. Those leagues are the best. Go Thunderbolts. So Patty's here rocking the T-Bolts t-shirt, ready to go to the T-Bolts game and do her thing. And there are other collegiate summer leagues out there, one of which is the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, which is in my my area of birth, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Vermont, New Hampshire. There are eight teams. And Brockton, Massachusetts has a team called the Brockton Rocks. Pretty cool. Sure. Which I had not known about in my youth, but go figure. And their lineup this year is crazy. They have, I think it's five. I did. I should have written the number. Okay, I'm going to count now. Five uh, sons of major leaguers. So there's Cade Folk, who's a pitcher, and his dad, Keith Folk, is famously the, the closer who got the last out of the 2004 Red Sox World Series win to come into history. That picture of Jason Veritek jumping into his arms is the thing. And then there's also a guy named D'Angelo Ortiz. You might have heard of that last name in the infield. Mm-hmm. And then the other two are pretty clear. Pedro Martinez Jr. and Manny Ramirez Jr. <laughs> Along wait, wait with, who, who are their dads? Wait, you know, how does that work? Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll have to look that one up. Uh-huh. Uh, the last one, Jaden Sheffield, Gary Sheffield. Uh, all three of them are outfielders. So these five kids are in one team. Are in one team in a collegiate league. Can you imagine? There's so many levels of. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being their teammate? Can you imagine being their coach? Can you imagine being the other team against this team? So just to, to summarize these five uh, fathers. Out of the five fathers, we have two of them who are first ballot Hall of Famers. Of course, those two my Red Sox guys. Eight World Series rings among them and 40, 4-0 all-star appearances. Those stats thanks to the Boston Globe. Let's see how nature versus nurture works out for these guys, huh? Yeah, so <laughs> far. I mean, they haven't been playing that long. So the season just started on May 26th. So I think the one last time I checked the stats, they'd only played like 11 games. And like you've said with, with when we're talking about rookies before, it takes a little bit to get going. D'Angelo Ortiz did not take him long. <laughs> he is rocking it. He and Ramirez and Folk are actually all just high school grads, and it's not too common for college collegiate leagues to have allow kids who are going into their freshman year, but apparently this one does. Uh, the Martinez kid is playing Division II at Lynn University, and Little Sheffield just finished his first year at Georgetown. And loves being called Little Sheffield, I'm I bet. I'm sure, and I'm sure I'm totally qualified to do that. He's probably like a foot taller than me. Everyone is. Oh, yeah, oh. There, 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 I said there, I'm so there's sorry. that. Mm. For for little Martinez though, it's it's his <laughs> it's his second season. He looks so much like my like his dad, not like my dad, like his dad. dad. Well, sorry, I did that when Patty was oh. sipping a. Oh, it did not come out my beer. nose. Thank you, baby yeah. Jesus. Okay, <laughs> my dad looks nothing like Pedro Martinez. Um, 
Not yet. Not no, all. but so Pedro was there last year. So maybe like it was the, hey, he's there. Let's have other guys join. I just don't know. D'Angelo Ortiz, though, so so thinking about this and that nature versus nurture and how much are the, the fathers involved, D'Angelo Ortiz gave a little tip of the hat to his mom because he said, you know, when he was growing up and playing baseball, his dad wasn't at his games. Kind of busy. He's yeah, in his own games. Yeah. Exactly. So yay mom, who apparently is also also an athlete, and yay to all the moms, and yay to the city of Brockton. That's going to be super fun. That is fun. And I'm going to put in a pitch for check out your neighborhood to see if mm-hmm. you have a summer collegiate baseball league because these are the kids who are using these leagues while they're college students to stay in shape to get seen by some scouts because they want to keep playing and maybe get drafted one day so sometimes these kids are going to be the ones that you see playing for your favorite teams later um i'm really excited about our local thunderbolts they're a lot of fun to watch um and they're these leagues exist all over the country and they play at your local high school or your community college field and all of those places so they're accessible they're family fun um potty mouth does not have access (laughs) to a microphone so the language is pretty clean um yeah so it's, it's a good time so look look them up um, hey, so we have this fantasy league. <laughs> you might have heard. You might have heard. And weirdly, oh, you know what? I thought that 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 Susie and Bo were tied again, but they are not. Susie is um, solidly in the number one position in our fantasy boys ba- baseball league, wow. followed by Bo, followed by the leftovers, followed by I Zombies for adults, and then Karen's legit team, and then we have a tie. Deborah F and the kids interesting are tied and then super depressed ace fan and then guess what wow check you out check me out i am number nine instead of number 10 um hail mary i think you're, you're just like you know not paying attention in order to let me cheer up a little bit <laughs> that's but very I, nice of you. i appreciate you and then um potty mouth supporting us all from the 11 spot i am so far in the basement everybody else i mean hail mary is close to 100 and everybody else is above 100 i am well below there but i'm gonna blame it on the giants because i need a scapegoat that <laughs> that cob alex cobbs on the 15 day i and I just had on, on on thank you very much the the suggestion from our, our friend our West Coast correspondent who follows the Giants said to get Jacob Junis on now that Cobb is out and now he is on the 15 day IL and so I go, get to go back to John Brebbio he of the bizarre facial hair situation that we've talked about in the past I think it's kind of normal now and my pitcher uh, no my catcher Mitch Garver has COVID so Things are just going very well on the potty mouth team. Awesome. I'm sorry about that. Oh, and and in the corrections department, I just want to add that it was the can't cut list issue. issue. So uh, Yahoo has this can't cut list. So there are certain guys that you cannot drop. And that is why Junior Potty Mouth traded Aaron Judge to Mr. Potty Mouth, who is stashing him on the bench. That's right, because they, they couldn't do a, a, a straight cut on that one. Yeah. Um, but also, a straight cut would allow him to be picked up by other people and played. And I think the right. um, the bottom line might have been, let's let's just punish him because yeah. we're mad at him because he was very silly. <laughs> and we like silly in a lot of ways, but don't pick on our ballpark. Yeah, that's fair. We're a little, it's our house. We're protective of our house. That's I fair. am just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, so um, I have... T-Bolts a couple times this week, including I'm hoping wow. I'm hoping my debut as the PA announcer next weekend. Um, I, I've been I have been running the scoreboard. 
from this little console that looks like it's from 1982. It's so, I, so bizarre. I feel looking. like a little war game situation yeah. is going to happen, or I'm going to hear like, "Do you want to play a game <laughs> or something?" When I press these buttons, but I'm shadowing the people who are doing the announcing so I can learn how to do it. And it's no joke, people. It looks like it's going to be hard, but I can't wait. It's going to be super fun. So if you're in the neighborhood, let me know, and I'll make sure you know how to find the Thunderbolts games. I just hope somebody changes those light bulbs on the scoreboard for you because that's that's very inconvenient when the four and the nine look the same yeah so so my first time running the the, the board the our team the thunderbolts was leading nine to four but because of very strategically um burned out light bulbs it looked like four to four i thought there are 27 people sitting out there hating me assuming that i can't count it's not yeah. me it's the damn light bulb please get to 11 this thing goes to 11 and boy the ones are perfect and they did so nice Good job. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that might be it for the, the, the live games coming up this week. Although, oh. I am headed to the West Coast, so anybody out there who wants to go to an Oakland A's game next Sunday, that would be Father's Day. What better way to spend Father's Day than with me, with yours truly? So shoot me a line on any of our social media. I could just go into that. You can find us on Twitter. NCIB podcast, Facebook and Instagram, No Crying and B-Ball. Send me a message if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area and want to see an A's game and meet up at some point because I think we've got a few people. So I'm, I'm excited. I know the Coliseum it has its charm. And I'm looking forward to finding that RC Cola and all that, all that other good stuff. <laughs> That's excellent. I'm so sorry I'm not going with you because I have, in fact, been to games there and I wouldn't mind to get another one in before, you know, who knows what the heck is going to... Yeah, demolition, for instance. Yep, that's true. Hey, if you have um, friends or family that you think would like to hear us talk about baseball, please let them know about us. If you want to take a look at some back episodes and catch up on all these boyfriends that we're talking Mm -hmm. about to see why we pick them and why we think they are cool, please do so. Leave us a review or a rating if you get a chance to do that. Um, If you want to throw us a buck or two on Patreon, because um, you know we're doing this out of the goodness of our heart, and mm-hmm. we would love it if we didn't lose money on it. Um, we would love it if you went to Patreon. So it's wait, Patreon dot Patreon.com slash no crying and b-ball. And we're trying to throw some fun stuff up there to make it worth your while. And especially after my weekend es- escapade in, in California, I might do some more recordings to put up there or, or elsewhere. So we'll see how that goes. But check us out on Patreon. Hey, get your second booster if you haven't yet, because I didn't. And boy, that week and a half ago, 10 days of COVID was no joke it wow. sucked so i'm i'm gonna get my next week that is my plan um fight the man because it's the right thing to do and until next week say good night potty mouth good night potty mouth Want to say more stuff? I do want to say more stuff. I have so many things to say. Boy, do I have stories to tell you too, but um, that's going to have to wait until we have time.